Welcome back to the LSB AFL podcast. We don't know what round it is. The games just keep on coming and coming. Today, as always, I'm joined by James, famous beach netball player. James, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm doing really well. Telfie, how are you today? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, mate. And I'm also joined by the treasurer of the Mason Cox fan club, Alex. Hey, mate. How's it going? Well, boys, uh, interesting Sunday games today. Uh, we've had so many games coming at us, but we were gifted with two pretty shit games. Carlton played strong in the early game against the Eagles. However, the Eagles, too good. And as you told me, Alex, uh, you couldn't watch the Melbourne North. It was very an ugly watch. And Melbourne came in and got the chocolates in the end. James, what did you think of Carlton in the early stages of the Eagles game? I actually had a good chat to one of my Carlton mates uh, as the game was about to begin. And there was those big rumours about a massive storm or a big sort of raining session that was... Um, that that was all over social media. It was just yeah. like, it's going to come, it's going to come, affected the betting and everything. And I think that the one thing we really stamped out at the start of the game, I said, if it did pour down, I was actually going to give Carlton a chance. I think if Carlton were going to beat West Coast, it wasn't going to be on a dry field. It's just going to be a real scrappy on the ground, sort of really hard work for your ball type thing. You know, you're working for, for ground the entire match, and I would have given them a good chance. Uh, and early on, the, the the field looked a bit wet and not so easy to play on, but I think as the field really dried up, we saw a bit of sunlight come through. West Coast just showed us that they're a much better team. They played everything better in that game towards, like, uh, in that second half. Um, and I would be, you know, West Coast are fantastic right now. I'd be really scared if I was any other top team. Port Adelaide, Brisbane, Richmond of facing that West Coast lineup at the moment. Well, Carlton have definitely improved, but that's the fifth game in a row where they've conceded at least five goals in a row. So it's not good signs for a young team. You need to you need to really work on the def- defense before you work on offense. Alex, you mentioned to me before how boring the Demons North one game was. I'm betting you're not going to watch that game again. But what just what made it so boring? Look, I mean. The skill level was the big thing for me as players missing handballs and kicks and such, but it was just low scoring as well. Um, we started off low scoring. Um, in the end, obviously, um, Melbourne seemed to steamroll over the ruse, but that uh, a few injuries didn't help them. But yeah, just the skill level really made it boring for me. Well, pretty much uh, one or two on the bench for most of the game for Melbourne. Bates, are you surprised by this result, or do you think North Melbourne is just that bad? Yeah, look, I think North Melbourne do have a lot of issues, and they've got a a lot to go. They're obviously not going to finish top eight this season. You can almost write this season off. Um, I think if if I was them, I'd probably start considering uh, maybe getting a bit more youth in blood as much as they can, get some debutants through. Um, and really have a careful think on what they're going to do in the, the off-season and whether they want to sort of uh, try and go for a bit more youth and inject a lot more youth in that side. I'm not sure. Looks Looking really trouble, uh, troubled there. Um, at the same time, I think Melbourne, when they want to, can produce some quality football. We haven't seen any consistency or... Uh, it's a really weird sort of time, really weird-looking club at the moment. So it's... I, I, I'm not surprised by the result. I think Melbourne were going to win now. I had them tipped and everything. Um, and I think North Melbourne are in a lot of trouble as a club at the moment. For all of Melbourne's worries, Alex, let's just say they beat Essendon. I, I would still say Essendon are going to be favourites going to that game to make up later on in the year. But if they beat Essendon, they are in the top eight. Do you think these two big wins against the two worst clubs in the AFL will be it? Do you think these two wins can kickstart their season? 
as uh, as James was saying, look, we don't know what to expect with Melbourne. I mean, it could, but they could come out next weekend. Um, you know, not do very well. I think they play they play the Pies. They got the Pies, week. yeah, they got the Pies. Yeah, so that's a big game for them. If they, I guess, if they can get a win over the Pies, who are in pretty bad form at the moment, they could definitely kickstart their season, and hopefully they can sneak into the uh, eight come the uh, end of the season. Well, all the games last week we started with a few blowouts. But we finished with some great classic games. James, I'm going to ask you about Essendon Giants. How do you feel as an Essendon supporter after that game? Oh, yeah, it's very tender. I mean, if you lose, I think anyone, if their club loses by four points, it's um, quite tender and, you know, be a bit salty and sour after the game. Um, some good signs and negative signs from Essendon anyway. The good signs are they know how to score now. I think they've figured out some things and how they need to play the game. We also saw a bit of a 180 in their game start earlier on in the game. There was that really slow, controlled, uh, almost sort of similar to how we see West Coast play the ball, just you know, right around the backfield, just keep sort of switching constantly, uh, slow it right down, which is something you haven't seen Essendon do in a decade at least. You know, that's just not their game style at all. They're known for that run and gun straight through the midfield type play. So to see that was really interesting as to whether they stick with it or it was just maybe a quarter level strategy. Not sure. Um, and the Giants are scary. Uh, they uh, will always, I think, make people struggle against them. They're just really powerful. They know how to score really well and really quickly. Uh, they're only sitting seventh on the ladder at the moment with six wins, but I, I'm going to lock them in the eighth for me. Of course, they've got to buy this round, so they'll have the chance to jump into the top four next week. Alex, going into that last quarter, three-quarter time, I think Essendon went up by about three, got three and a half goals. It looked like Essendon were going to win, but there were some key moments there. A lot of poor decisions. Uh, Michael Hurley, Dylan Scheel, uh out of bounds. Clearly, just not a lot of pressure. They got it out of bounds. Do you think it was the Giants just simply being too good, or did Essendon choke a bit? I think it's the uh, the Giants just being too good. That uh, pressure. Most of the the ball was down there most of that uh, fourth quarter. Uh, just hammering the Bombers and they finally got a goals to get back in front. But just also some poor decision-making. You know, Hurley's, Hurley's uh, kick out in the full easily could have been uh, rushed behind for uh, uh, yeah, for behind. He's basically in the goal square and under, under pressure and everything. And Shields handball. i ask you a question. Oh, uh, here we did... go. They don't pay me enough for this, but go on. <laughs> uh, what did you think about the, uh, the umpiring in that final quarter? Well, I think... The AFL, they really need to figure out what the fuck is going on with the umpiring because all year you've had, obviously fans will come out every time and blast the umpires, but you've had coaches come out. Some have been more vocal like Clarko. The media is handing it more than ever. They need to be consistent. In that last quarter, the umpires, the whistle was gone and that's what you want to see. Unless it's an absolute right there, you want to see the whistle gone in a close game. And it was gone. It was great. Giants were much better for most of that quarter. And then the umpires came into it. That that uh, Townsend late hit on Shaw, I'm not sure what that was. Was that 50? Probably not. It was an interesting call. Essendon were called for holding the ball many times in the Giants 50. I didn't really think there was much in that. And if I was an Essendon supporter, I would be frustrated. And then we get on to the main talking point of the whole game. Callan Ward running into McKernan. Was there contact? Yes. Did he stage? No. But did he play for the free kick? Yes. You're watching that replay. That is not a free kick. It's fair game. That's play on. Obviously, the umpire's seen two hits, a head hit, a head, 
and he's just called the one that had more of the impact. And obviously, Callum Moore's gone down like a little schoolgirl. And there you go. That's what you have it. But I think the AFL, uh, like the NFL, the NFL comes out and says things. They review things. They work through it. They change the rules if they need to, but they give clarification. Uh, NFL Commissioner Goodell comes out and says this stuff. The AFL needs to be more clear. They need to release a report and just say, why have the umpires called this? And if the umpires come out and say, oh, we were wrong. We looked at the replay. We were wrong. It was the heat of the moment. We saw two heads clash and he fell. Then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But we just need that clarification. Well, all right. Well, I don't normally don't do that, so I'm going to need a little break. <laughs> um, Batesy, Port Richmond last night was a, was a good game for most of it. Port drew away. Does Obviously, everyone knows of our – we won't say hate for Port Adelaide. We don't want to hurt the fans out there. But we just don't rate Port as highly as the latter suggests they are. But does a performance like that against Richmond make you feel better about Port being a premiership contender? Uh, 100%. I said last week on the uh, the podcast that if Port Adelaide can get a win over a top four looking team, I would 100% support them and actually consider them as more of a bit of a threat. Uh, they came through against Richmond, good, I think, 19-point win, 20-point win, somewhere around there. Really uh, played some solid football all the way through it. They could consistently score, consistently pressured the inside 50. They looked really good, and I think they had Richmond under wraps. Sure, Richmond uh, were a bit undergunned. I think they still have some key players out from what their best 22 would probably look like. But Port Adelaide looked absolutely fantastic. And I think now I'm actually going to give them a bit more respect going forward. They did uh, what I set them out to do. Um, that was the challenge they had for me personally, and they did that. I was going to bring that up, uh, Batesy, about the um, the Richmond missing players. But looking at it, a lot, a lot of them are hub issues or long-term injuries. So I'm not sure if they're going to get those players back. Um there was obviously a lot of talk during the week, Alex, about obviously uh, Richmond hub issues. Obviously, we had Trent Cotchin's misses about uh, 10 days ago, two weeks ago. But then we've had these weird articles about all these Richmond players asking for ridiculous things. You know, they get three meals a day and snacks, but they're asking for these, you know, four-figure Coles orders and everything like that. Obviously, we had the Chol issue with the, uh, you know, alleged groping during the team song. Do you think these issues caused a bit of a Richmond struggle yesterday? I don't think it caused an issue. I think they are a bit undermanned out there and Port Adelaide just showed that they can be one of those top teams, but um, those hub issues probably didn't help, but I don't think it was the main cause. I'll ask both of you, Batesy, first. If uh, Eagles and Port are playing a final tomorrow at the Adelaide Oval, who are you tipping? Oh, I go on Eagles. Uh, I've watched uh, West Coast play their last three games, and they look absolutely fantastic. I think you'd be out of him. Did you see how Nat Nilly was playing today? That yeah, is all Australian that. Ruckman form. Those taps are incredible. I've not seen someone tap out that cleanly for a very long time. I'm talking like 2017 Max Gorn clean. That was really well rucked, and if, Nat Nilly's only going to get better throughout this season. With the rest of their roster, they're looking absolutely fantastic. I feel like with the Rucks this year, it's, it's, there's a big difference between the best and the worst because you've got Goldstein, Max Gorn, Grundy. They're doing the jobs. You've got Nick Natanui now who's had a slow start to the season, but now he's coming into it really well. Now, Alex, I thought Peter Dacos retired before we were born <laughs> because I tell you, that goal on Thursday night, that I reckon that's goal of the year. What do you think? As a Collingwood fan, 
Uh, yeah, I would say that's a goal of the year. But I, I actually really liked uh, Dusty's goal from uh, round nine. Is still my goal for the year. But look, it's up there with uh, definitely one of the goals of the year. And what did you think about Collingwood on Thursday night? Because they were clearly the better team all day until they got 25 metres to goal. Um, so many behinds. Uh, I don't have the, the number up here with me. Uh, but actually, I do have the number up here. Uh, but they had, I think they had 10 behinds before they had a second goal. Are you happy with that performance? Are you just like, oh, no, we played good. We played all right. We won all the key factors. We just couldn't kick accuracy, accurate. Or is there a cause for concern for Collingwood? Oh, it's definitely a cause for concern. I just, it was a frustrating game. You know, when you dominate the ball so much, but then you get down into your 450 and you keep kicking behinds. And then all of a sudden, you know, Sydney got a couple of balls out the back and they were a couple goals up, you know. We've been struggling to kick goals all, all season. And I don't know what the problem is. You know, I think our only consistent forward down there was my check, and he didn't even kick a goal, I think, on the weekend or on the round just gone, sorry. Um, so I don't know what to do. I guess they could probably bring uh, Big Cox back in, you know. You are, the tre- you are the treasurer of the, <laughs> the fan <treasurer>. club. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my suggestion is to bring him back in, give him another shot out there, you know, he need and get those small forwards involved in the game more, get him to bring that ball to ground. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a concern for a lot of Collingwood fans about our uh, our forwards. Do you think Collingwood are still a team to be uh, reckoned with, Batesy, or do you just think they're kind of struggling at the moment? They might come back later on in the year. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you look at that Collingwood roster, and you could go through their top twenty-two, and you would try and put put them on a spectrum on in terms of their individual talent, and they're all going to be very, very top end. I think once they start flowing together uh, and working really well as a unit and they do get that sort of um, a bit more consistency and structure down that forward line, which I think, Alex, I think Mason Cox back in the lineup is probably a good idea. Um, He had some rough weeks, but I mean, you're going to get that as a key forward anyway. He's always going to have the number one defender on him. Uh, He's just too big not to, right? Um, And if he can just get that ball to ground and give you small forwards that chance, he's going to do well. Uh, there's so much X factor in that list, and there's so much talent. There's so much composure when they're really rolling. Uh, you've also got some all Australian forms down back. Like you've got Darcy Moore, who's playing fantastic. You've got a, like a, an elite midfield as well. I think well, there's no reason they can't be even a top four contender. So 100, yeah, I do think Collingwood's um someone to really quality list. I don't want to shit on the Mason Cox train here, but I don't, I don't agree with that call, Bates, about the best defender because obviously my check is a fantastic lead-up target for that forward line. And Jaden Stevenson, even though he's not a traditional tall forward, you know, you want to put someone, you know, with a good spoil, a good mark on him. You'd probably want to put your tallest defender on him. But Collingwood have tried a bit. You've tried the, the young Irishman as a tall minor. Keane, was it, Alex? Keane, he did play down back in that one game. For yeah. The Ruffhead went out. Yeah, but they put on Ruffhead. Rusko was in there for the Sydney game. Well, what do you think about his game? Because seven disposals, one mark, one tackle doesn't. No, no tackles doesn't sound great. But one goal, three, and you know, for any footballer, one goal, three can turn into three goals, one, four goals in any day. What do you think about his debut? I thought it was really good. You know, a good sign for a good young player coming through. Hopefully, he uh, sticks in the team for the next game. So, would you rather Um, him or Cox? I'd keep him in the team. I think. Ben Reed out of the team in and uh, Mason Cox in 
when uh, I start when I watched that game on Thursday night, I was watching the game, and all of a sudden, who's that player? No, that player, Ben Reed. I thought he retired youngs ago. <laughs> He's, yeah. a, he's an old boy these days. Yes, he is. But I, I still think Mason Cox in the team is also can help benefit in the in the ruck as well. Give Grundy put Grundy down forward for a rest at times. So I think yeah, him well, coming in would definitely help. Well, obviously Grundy, one of the best ruckmen in the competition, but of course everyone needs a bit of a rest up forward or on the bench. And the only player to register a hit out for the Collingwood team was Ben Reed. Anyway, the game following that on Thursday night was the Suns and the Saints. Batesy, it was an electrifying game, but geez, the Saints—they're racking up some wins. Exactly. I mean, they've done a bit of hard work early in the season, getting those wins on the on the, the ladder, and now they're sitting third place. Which is, I mean, if you were to tell me Saints were going to be third place after round ten or whatever we're at right now, I would have called you silly and slapped you with a salmon across the face because that's just <laughs> something we wouldn't have thought of at all. But anyway, we saw we had a really good game. I think there's less there's four points or six points in that game by the end of it was incredible. Uh, the clash of the King Brothers, which I uh, hope we're going to see for years coming. For yeah, another twelve years or something, it'd be amazing. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's going to really build up a fantastic rivalry. They're both going to be absolutely superstars, um, and I think there's also really good signs from Gold Coast too. To uh, a lot of people are already sort of writing them off for the season. They started really well as they have done in previous seasons, and they've just still continued on. Got another couple of wins since their good uh, sort of streak, and they're also really putting up some fights against well uh, a top three teams. So good signs for Gold Coast and St Kilda. Yeah, looking like they're pretty much finals bound at this point. You bring up uh, another point there, Beatty. The Suns obviously faded. The Suns are four and six. You wouldn't think they're four and six. You think they're maybe five and five, six and four, or something like that. But this is the thing about the Suns. The last few seasons, they've won, you know, two or three of their first five or so games, and then they've absolutely gone into oblivion, and it's just they're getting smashed. But they've lost. The games they've lost have all been really close. It's been really impressive to see this team. When you lose, you don't want to lose by a lot. It's as simple as that. They've got a positive percentage and they've lost two more games than they've won. Alex, do you think that's just showing that the Suns are going to be the it team probably next year or the year after once they finally figure out how to win? I definitely think next year they'll be, they can make finals. You know, they'll get, uh, they'll get Rao back who was a, who was so good for them in the first uh, few he games. He was going to win the Brownlow. He was going to win the, he was going to win the Brownlow. Uh, you know, they get him back, a few more, uh, another off-season for a lot of those players. They are definitely going to be the, the it team for next year, The um, a dark horse, I guess. Not merely a dark horse, I could say, but um, no, they'll definitely be up there, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. what we saw uh, with Brisbane a few years ago, uh, they just all of a sudden, they really just, st- I think it might have been last year, I think it was or even the year before, we just saw this incredible Brisbane lineup that came out of this bottom, this bottom four Brisbane team that all of a sudden shot up after a few years of developing some kids. And now look at them now. They're fantastic. They're debatably the best team in the league right now. I think we're, we're probably due for something similar from Gold Coast with the signs that we're getting early this season. I will come back to the Gold Coast a bit later. And now on LSB Sports, we're joined by our Adelaide correspondent, Grant. Grant, how are you going? Good, Toffee. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Well, two different tales of the two teams in Adelaide at the moment. We've got Port Adelaide on top of the ladder, Adelaide Crows, Stone Last. They're going to win the wooden spoon. How's the media been reacting to, firstly, the Crows so far? Um, To be honest, I think the media's been pretty fair. There's been the odd odd 
journo that's expecting more and, you know, not accepting how they're going. But um, I think in general the media have been pretty supportive now that they know that, you know, there's three, there's three games, I think, um, from the next team. So it's inevitable that it's going to be a wooden spoon. Well, Port Adelaide are an interesting case. Uh, the Victorian media here, they're not really talking Port Adelaide up, but I can imagine over there in the newspapers and on the radio that they're pretty much declaring Port Adelaide premiers already. Yeah, well, um, the main the main radio show over here that they call the Crow Show, because um, it's got a couple of members who played for um, Adelaide Crows. They're yeah, they're full on um, Port's bandwagon now. Um, the the actual some of the support is a little bit unbearable, um, but the way they're going now, they probably you know they've got the right now. I think that they should be looking to go deep into September. And you've been you're a Victorian yourself, but you lived in Adelaide for a long time now. Do you miss the way AFL media was been back in Victoria? Well, um, it's probably a difficult question because I listen to um, radio stations in Melbourne every day. So I, I could not do it to myself to just solely listen to the media here. I get more of a um, balanced view, so it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, well, so that well, that brings my point up then that the the Adelaide media, of course, it's biased because it's two teams, but sometimes you just don't want to hear all about these two clubs. So you would say they would talk if both teams were on the same position on the ladder. You would say Adelaide are the team they obviously talk up more. Yeah, yep, Adelaide for sure get um, most of the um, the conversations, but. Um, just getting to your point then, there are a lot of ex-Victorians living in Adelaide, so there are quite some big followings of the um, the Victorian teams. But um, unless you listen to um, Melbourne radio, you're not really going – or Foxtel, etc. you're not really going to hear about those clubs. And do you think all this media pressure, and especially I'm going to bring up Mark Rusciuto now. Mark Rusciuto thinks everything's fine at Adelaide. Do you think all this media pressure is actually hindering the Crows' season this year? Um, well, just talking to and listening to the punters and just the conversations you have around, um, you'd be surprised how many Adelaide Crow supporters think that there's a conflict there, to be honest. And they're also um, very... Um, I don't know, willing and wanting a change up the top. Um, that's pretty much the feel from the, the common Adelaide um, supporter. And do you think the premature calls for Matthew Nix to be already sacked are a bit ludicrous? No, everyone's pretty supportive, um, to be honest with you. Um, the way they're going now, to be honest, the way that everyone, um, friends, um, that I have here buried for Adelaide, they're seeing or thinking that, you know, Tex really should be, you know, getting in that place where he's going to move on, um, bring some other people in, some younger guys, maybe do a Clarko and get a couple of proven players. You know, they're not that expensive. Look at what Sam Frost is doing at Hawthorne. Um, maybe they need a couple of those because I don't think the Adelaide, even though the Adelaide, 
supporters are copying it for this year because they know what way it's headed. I don't think they could do that next year, Adelaide Crows. I think the supporters are going to be too impatient. So they're going to need to do a blend, I think. Now, I don't think you've lived in Adelaide uh, while uh, Adelaide team has won the premiership. Could you imagine uh, it just being um, almost impossible to read the newspaper or listen to the radio or watch the TV for a few weeks after if Port did win this year? If Port win, it will be, for everyone else, get out of town. Um, it'll just be crazy. Crazy. And just one last question for you, Grant, of course. You are the only one of us of the LSB team who have attended an AFL game this year. Uh, can you tell us what it was like uh, in these times of COVID-19 if there was different guidelines, different restrictions, and just the general atmosphere? Um, well, I've been to two games, um, and because I was a neutral supporter, um, and the crowds were, oh, I can't remember, about 18,000 before the 10,000 come in. Um, it was actually very parochial, even for Adelaide. So there were two Adelaide games I went to, not Port. And very... That would have been a joy to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've still got a lot of parochial supporters and loyal supporters. Um, you know, Max Gorn tore them apart when I saw them play Melbourne. Um, and they're still there. They still stay till the end and, you know, it is what it is. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Grant, and thanks for the our Adelaide update. No worries, Toffee. Next time. We're back in coronavirus land here in Victoria. Batesy, it might be coronavirus land, but we're pretty blessed to be in a ten, well, nine-team city, 10-team state, because the media exposes everyone. It talks about everyone, not just two clubs. I think that's the beauty of Melbourne as well. I think we have a really strong football culture down here, and I think the diversity of teams is really good. Um, I think and the, the good thing about it as well is we also have a lot of footy that gets played here in a weekend too. So even if you're just really passionate about your footy and your team's not doing too well, uh, go see your team on a Friday night and you've still got the Saturday, Sunday to stroll down to uh, Eddie Had Stadium or Marvel Stadium or uh, go down to the MCG and you can still watch the game. Um, and I think the way the media sort of plays a part into it too is obviously you have to report on 10 different teams. I think maybe your bigger clubs do get a bit more of a spotlight still. Um, but you still do see it, it, the stories around all of the clubs, which is really good. Well, yeah, if Hawthorne, Richmond, Essendon, and Collingwood lose a big game and they lose it in a bad way, you're going to get a lot of media exposure for a day or two. If North or the Saints lose one, it's kind of in the in the rotation on the on the radio and the online for about six hours. Now we heard there from Grant; he's been lucky enough to go to two games. Obviously. Uh, sad for him, he's had to go to Crows games. But Alex, if I told you we somehow got this virus fixed, which is we know it's not going to happen, but if I told you you could go to a Collingwood preliminary final at the MCG, would you be going? If there was no virus? If the, the virus is still around, but the restrictions are Just like the restrictions down are... enough for us to allow the MCG a quarter capacity, for example, and you happen to get a ticket. I probably wouldn't go. I don't know. Just for the, I don't think it'd be a good idea. But I mean, it's obviously working in other states, and they're able to go. And the internet is as bigger trouble as what yeah, we but are. They don't so. have six hundred cases. Yes, exactly. So. so I mean, I probably still wouldn't go. I'd probably give my ticket away to someone else. But um, maybe for a nice penny or two. But <laughs> uh, uh, nah, not for me. Not in these times. All right, boys. 
Well, it's your favourite time of the week. It's time for the time on a Toffee's Test. And I was thinking we need a bit of theme music for this, but I don't have anything this week. So it'll have to do. Batesy's absolutely creamed the floor the last couple of weeks. So I've levelled the playing field a little bit. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it uh impossible. But I'll give you uh pick a category. I think I know which one you're gonna pick, Alex. But we've got the one that's been there for two weeks. No one wants to pick TV broadcasters. We've got the Gold Coast Suns, and we've got Collingwood goal scoring. We'll, we'll obviously go with Collingwood goal scoring then. I think. All right. <laughs> oh no! Oh, God. <laughs> it's not too hard, Batesy. Don't worry about it. You'll probably beat me in it. I reckon. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I, I, I think um, if it's really historical, I've got no, no chance. No, it's, it's not historical. Recently. No. Oh, okay. Right. No, I don't know. All right. Which All current right. which current Pies player has kicked the most goals for Collingwood? So who on Collingwood's list has the most goals for Collingwood? Come on, Alex. You've got this, surely. Alex, uh, I'm going to go with my check. My check? He's been there for the fucking... Yeah, oh, oh, I thought you meant the year. Sorry. Oh, let's be total. <laughs> no, total. sorry. In total, so who in has total. Most, on currently on Collingwood's list, who has the most goals for Basie. Collingwood? Yep. Oh, I'm going to go Ben Reid. No. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll give Alex one more because yeah. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, be taking a real stab uh, here. Oh, no. It's not who you think it is. My next mm. guess is going to be some sort of midfielder like Pendlebury or. Not who you think it is. Jeez. Is it the goalie? No. no. Is it Hal? It's, it's Pendles. Oh, I mean, as in you don't think you know who it is because it's not a forward. And Pendles has never played forward in his career. That's true. But of course, I should have picked the player that the, so oldest, like the oldest player there. That would have been the smartest idea, wouldn't it? All right. for Ben Reid because I think he's ancient. He's <laughs> <laughs> surely got a couple of hundred goals. Uh, I'm not now, doing I'll, myself very good. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, one of these players has played for another club, and I'm not including that goal total. But which of these three Collingwood players has more goals for Collingwood? Alan Didak, Leon Davis, or Nathan Buckley? Daisy. Yep. Alan Didak. Yes. <laughs> He's too quick for me. I was, I was considering going Davis, but I, I remember Didak was incredibly good on Anzac days, and he always murdered us. So I just had to. Okay. Um, can you give me his how many goals he kicked for Collingwood? And if you get within ten, I'll give it to you. Oh, jeez! I'll, I'll give Alex a chance as well. Um, I'll be generous. I'll be generous. Get within twenty. Uh, we'll go three hundred and twenty. Lower. Oh, okay. Alex, I'll give you a chance. Bring it home, Alex. Three, what did you say? Three hundred and twenty. Oh, yeah, uh, lower than three twenty. Two thirty. Oh, 274. <laughs> Leon, Leon Davis, 270, and Buckley, 263. So all close. Oh, geez, yeah. Would have won by a hair. All right. In what season did Mason Cox kick five goals against the Demons? Against the Demons? Alex. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I saw it getting quick. Uh, let's go 2016. Oh, no. Nah. Oh. Crazy. Yeah. 2017. No. no. I don't know. I'm taking a guess. I mean... 20, 2018. Uh, oh, is that when he kicked it against Richmond or was that another year? No, or... that was 2018. That was three or four in the prelim, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
All right. Alex, this is your last saving grace here. <laughs> <laughs> now, think. I'll give you a clue. Think, think a bit further back than the last few years. It's still recent. It's recent memory. Who was the last pie to kick eight goals in a game? Eighty. Yep. Travis Clark. No. That was a guess, by the way. He was the last pie to kick eight goals in the game. Ooh. Yeah. Do you have any crazy forward pockets that just went off one yeah, game? Yeah, I'm just trying to think now. I'll get. I'll give you the year, Alex. Yeah. 2006. 2006. Oh, geez, that's really far back. Travis Clark. Not really. Oh, it's going back. Oh, is it like Chris Tarrant? No. No. Anthony Rocker. That was, that was my second guess, but <laughs> when you said 20s, 2006, but that's fair enough. Jeez. All right. This round is, I'll give you the year, and you're going to tell me who won the Coleman in that year. And I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me how many goals they kicked. But, of course, for example, if they kicked 44, just say the 40s, and I'll give it to you. So 2007, who won the Coleman? Uh, Batesy. Yep. That was Jonathan Brown. Yes. And any, um, any inkling how many he kicked? Just give me, oh. give me a number. Give me a fucking a 20 or 30. We'll go 80. Just give me the 80s. Just give me the 80s. 82. We'll go 82. Uh, no, 77. But just don't don't worry about giving me the exact number. Just give me in the range. Oh, okay. Of 10. Yep. All right. 2010. Alex. Yep. Oh, no. Uh, is it Franklin? No. Oh. Yep. That was. Fev. No, yeah, it was Fev. No, it no. wasn't. No, it was. Ah, oh, I think it was uh, Rewalt. It was Jack Rewalt. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 2000, 2013. How many goals did uh, Rewalt kick? 78. Okay. 2013, Coleman. Oh, I think God. I know it. Because I remember when I was living with you, Toffee. Oh, here you go. I, th- I think it's a Hawthorne player, but I don't want to get it wrong and Alex to get it. <laughs> to be fair, it could be any of... Probably any three. Uh, I think I, I remember talking to no, you about it. I got it. no idea. Uh, Can I take a stab? <laughs> yeah, take a stab. Is it Roughhead? Roughhead, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my Jared Roughhead uh, uh, only reason is staring at me. The only reason I know that is because of Toffee. That is the only reason. Um, it's pretty not a bad effort kicking a, winning a Coleman with Buddy in your team. but Oh, I'm going to say, yeah. yeah, he would have had Buddy in his team then, so I'm not going to go 80. Did he ever kick 70s? We'll go 70s. No, yeah, 70s. 68. God damn it. <laughs> Kick more goals, right. Rapid. 2016. Batesy. Yep. JJK. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say it. Oh. That's the same year. I'm pretty sure he dicked me in Super... No, it wasn't. It was a year after. <laughs> yeah, it was he a year after. He dicked me in Super Coach. Yes. Oh. And how many did he kick? Oh, Jesus. We'll go 70s. Everything seems to be in the 70s. 80. 
God damn it, Josh Kennedy! <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna go far back here. Two thousand and two. Batey. Yep. Matthew Lloyd. No. Oh. Alex, on, Alex, he, bring it home. Alex, he played for the Demons. Oh, Alex. Oh, I know it's... Yeah, I know who it is. Uh, David Neath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, had to, I had to get him on the board. And how many goals did he kick? Come on, get a bonus point. Fight back. Uh, 80s? Oh, 75. Oh, oh Jesus. I would have guessed 80s as well. All right, Batesy. Stuns or TV broadcasters? What was the first one? TV... The Gold Coast Suns. Or TV broadcasters. Oh, we'll yes. go broadcasters. We'll get it over and done with. I don't know yeah. my broadcasters, over but and done with. I think All Alex right. will dominate you this I've, one. No, so I've, got to, I've got to flip back my book because I wrote the questions two weeks ago. I don't even know where to hear it is. You keep putting the go. pressure on me. All right. <laughs> and now I've lost my scoreboard because it's all right. I'll keep another one here. Who televised the grand final from 2002 to 2007? <laughs> oh, God. Which net? Which chat? Which oh, TV network? Alex. Yes. Was it ten? Yes. Yeah. Oh, network. Okay. Right. I thought you meant. Okay, I got this now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant like who actually? Announced I thought that for a second. I was like, uh. All <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Yes. That was channel ten. Who did Dennis Cometti commentate for in between his stints of Channel Seven? So between when seven didn't have the footy between two thousand and two and two thousand seven, who did Dennis Kameni commentate for? A Channel Ten, B Channel Nine, C Fox Footy, or D None Just Radio? Crazy. Yep. I'm just going to go None Radio. Wrong. All oh, right. I'll go with Channel Nine. Yes. Here we go. Oh. Channel Nine right there. <laughs> I was I was tossing that up until I heard the. The nun and the like, I was actually thinking none as well. Which, yeah. which former AFL premiership player is famous for his uh, speech on Channel 7 where he said we're going to engage with our minds and our hearts? Alex. Yep. Brett Kirk. Yes. Oh, yeah. it's going home. I love, I love oh, that. I love God. that video. <laughs> I'm getting ran over here. <laughs> which commentator is famous for these for these sayings. Nick Davis, I see it, but I don't believe it. And 13, 13. Oh, you've oh, lost me here. No. Um, oh, Alex. Yep. Uh, Hutto, Anthony Hudson. Yes. Yes. Jesus, I've got Alex. no clue. Absolutely <laughs> creamed you there, Batesy. <laughs> oh, I've got no clue. I thought I'd get over and done with. <laughs> All right. Now it we have. Uh, what season was this? So for five points, Matthew White, goal of the year. Chad Wingard, mark of the year. I don't even know who Matthew who White is. Goal of the year. Matthew White. Matthew White. Alex, oh, can, I, can I guess right now? You're going to keep going. I'll give you go. one more. I'll get. I'll, I'll give you one more uh, thing if you get it wrong. I'll take, oh, yeah, you can take a stab. Wise. I'm going to take a stab. Uh, 2015. No. Oh. Mark of the it was goal of the year was Matthew White. Okay, and mark of the year was 
Chadley, my boy, Wingard. Okay. Okay. Four points. St Kilda win the wooden spoon and Safety. finish on. Yep. 2014. Yes. Boom. It was really interesting because they came off some really hot form in those years. Yeah. All right. I'm, and I'm it has giving... to be within the last like six, seven years because it was Wingard. So I'm giving Alex a chance here, so I'm just going to do oh, the another two sons. <laughs> I, 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 I've got faith in Alex here. All right. What is the what is the first line of the Gold Coast Suns theme song? Alex. Yep. So we are the sons of the Gold Coast Sky. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gee, I didn't even know that. Which Hawthorne Premiership player left for the Suns to join their inaugural team in two thousand? Batesy. Alex. Uh, Batesy just. Yeah, it's Campbell Brown. Yep. Who is the Suns' all-time leading goal kicker? Batesy. Yep. Is it Gary Ablett? No. Oh, I know this, actually. That was a mistake. I know this. Oh. <laughs> it's exactly so, who you think it is, Alex. This is Tom Lynch? Yes. yes. Yeah. Tom go. Lynch and Gary oh. Ablett head by quite a mile there. Yeah, no, I know. The second I said Gary Ablett, I knew I made a mistake. I knew it was Tom Lynch. Who has the most Brownlow vote... Brownlow career Maisie. votes for the Suns. Outside... Go. Uh, sorry, sorry, continue on. <laughs> you let me finish? Yes. Outside, of, outside of Gary, Gary Ablett and Tom Lynch. Because oh. they are one and two, clearly. Alex. Well, Gary Ablett's one. Yep. Is it uh, David Swallow? No. He's, oh. He Maisie. surprised me. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Aaron Hall. Yes. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Yes. The other one I was going to consider was maybe Wits, but yeah, I, he doesn't really I, enough. Yeah, that's one thing. And Ruckman kind of struggled a bit, but I remember um, Hall was really good for Gold Coast for like in their earlier years. Keeping on the Brownlow theme, who has more individual Brownlow pole getters, the Suns or the Giants? Which team has had more players pole a vote? Alex. Yep. Suns. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a... <laughs> considering the topic was Gold Coast. <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> and they've been in the, 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 yeah, but you think, uh, the yeah, league but for a couple of yeah, years but more. They've been, they've been in for one more year, yes. But they've Giants have won 30 or 40 more games than them. Yeah, but also the Giants have yeah, six-star yeah, Giants, players. Who yeah, the Giants, yeah, I was thinking that there's the amount of games yeah. that Suns had lost... And they'd maybe get like a one voter or something like that, especially when right. Ablett wasn't there. Here we go. Alex is still in with a shot here. Who am I? I was born in 1981 in WA. I was rookie drafted in 2001. Jeez. Rookie draft. For four points, I'm 204 centimetres and played 290 games. That's quite tall, and it's a lot of games. Yeah. But for that tall, it's a lot of games. No, I've got no idea. I won the best and fairest for my club in 2008 and made six All-Australian appearances as the number one ruck. He's been a good ruckman recently. Oh, Batesy. Yeah. Was it Dean Cox? Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and Batesy wins. <laughs> oh, God. 
So, Alex, we're going to get you over the line, mate. Oh, sorry, Alex, I tried. We're gonna get you. Well, I'm gonna get you over the line next week. I'm gonna fix it somehow. We're gonna have. No, I want to win. I want to win fairly, which will never you win happen. Fairly. It's a, no, you can win fairly. It's a chance. It's a chance. All right, boys, let's get back into it. I saw an interesting thing the other day on social media. If we exclude this season, obviously Giants are a chance for a flag this season. If we exclude this season, Batesy, who's gonna win a flag first? The Suns, Giants, or Fremantle? Ooh, excluding this season, I still think GWS. What if we um, exclude next season as well? Oh, that really opens it up. Who knows what's going to happen in uh, two years' time? Um, I'm going to go Gold Coast, then because I think GWS are in the time right now when they can win a premiership. I don't know about in two years' time. Gold Coast, I think, are only going to get better and really quickly. So I'm going to go Gold Coast if it's two years' time. What about you, Alex? Well, if I had to pick one other than the Giants, who are obviously in the best form out of to win it, um, probably Melbourne. I would guess Melbourne. Melbourne's yeah, not would, an option, but Melbourne. all right. Were they not an option? <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought they were. No, 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 no. That that was actually going to be my next point. Funny you bring that up. Um, yeah. well, we have the Suns Giants for a bit. Obviously, two teams north of B have had some success this century. They've made a few prelims. Obviously, D's a long suffering. I could ask you who's going to win a flag first, the D's or the Saints, but obviously everyone's going to pick the Saints at the moment, the, their form they're on. But what about North Melbourne and the D's? I know North Melbourne got smashed, but I think the Demons have proved that they're not. Uh, this list probably won't take into a flag, Alex. Look, they need to make some changes on that list at Melbourne, but I think they're pretty close to uh, being one of those those top teams up there. They've got some of those big players like Oliver. And um, Stephen May and all that. So a couple of things changed there, and I think they'd be a good team and it's a bit more consistency. Another thing I saw this week was uh, obviously Ben Brown. Uh, his manager's come out and said uh, there's no contract on the table, which is a, which is a normal thing in these COVID times. But uh, hearing from uh, Sam Edmund, respected journalist on SEN and the Herald Sun, he said that Adam Ramanaskis does not come out and just say these things about his players. This is a clear intent from other clubs to see what they can do to get Ben Brown. So both of your clubs would mind a key forward. Batesy, would you mind Ben Brown lining up a full forward round one next year? Uh, it depends on what would happen with Danaher at Essendon. I think if Danaher goes, 100%, I think we should be very hungry and we should try and get Ben Brown across the line. A uh, million dollars a year is definitely not going to happen with how sort of strict and tight Dodoro is. Um, but I think if he wants to come to a club that could really use a forward, and he's definitely going to get a lot of game time down there, uh, it, it, it will get done. Um, but as I said, it really does depend on if Dandover stays or goes. Well, that's another that's another thing, basically. Dodoro, you obviously know my detest for Dodoro. He just doesn't. He's you know he's got some deals done in the past, but he just I don't think he gets the smart ones across. He likes to work for himself. Yeah, you should have got Danaher over the line. If you got Danaher over the line last year, you are absolutely laughing. Alex, what about him at Collingwood? Or do you think that small midfield forward line, still side bottoms playing a lot more forward this year, even with Pendlebury out, Dugowie, Stephenson, Dacos, Elliott, with Meyercheck as that one forward. Are you happy with that? Or do you think Ben Brown's going to be a really great element to that forward line? Oh, I'd like to see us with him. I just don't know how we would be able to fit him in uh, contract-wise with a lot of key players wanting demanding uh, big contracts. But I'd definitely like to see him down there to add a, that big key forward that we have, haven't have really had since um, since Travis Cloak left, really. 
Well, the thing is, is Ben Brown worth the money that he's probably going to command? Because if obviously Collingwood have salary cap troubles, I'm, I'm guessing Essendon are getting that way. Some team could come out and pay him a million a year and completely overpay him, like Carlton's done for Jack Martin, who could end up working well. Would you? But would you break the bank for him, Batey? Are we talking about Ben Brown here still? Yeah. Would you break the bank for him? Would you go out and make him your highest paid player, your second highest paid player, for example? Um, I wouldn't just considering his age and also... 27. Knowing, younger than yeah. you might think. He's 28 later this year, I think, or... Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got four more years left uh, of best footy, and then he's definitely going to rapidly decline from there. Um, at Essendon, like you've said, like I mean, we got Shield across the line for less than a million dollars a year when you had other clubs uh, easily offering him more than that. So I don't see him coming into a club like Essendon getting a really big paycheck. Um, I think Essendon's a bit more of a homegrown-based club. They're much more happier to sort of spend the two years, two three years, and develop their own forwards. If he does want to come over for any other reason, uh, if he just likes the club, or who knows why you'd want to go to another club outside of money. Um, yes, he, he could, but I don't see Essendon breaking the bank for him. Me, personally, I'd probably put a fair bid on him. I, I'd like to get a good foot forward and at Essendon. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen one. Um, but I just don't know how it gets done with you know, a lot of money on his name. Well, last night, Brisbane defeated the Bulldogs, and it you know went to script pretty much. One of the most amazing statistical games you will find. Boys, listen to this. Uh, Dane Zorko, 24 touches and a goal, 163 super coach, fantastic. Bonten Pally, one goal, 30 disposals. We got Mitch Wallace, three goals up forward. Zach Bailey, two goals, 21 disposals. Jared Lyons, 25 disposals. Eric Hipwood, five goals. Batesy, that's some pretty good stats there. Yeah, it takes me back kind of sort of. Um, back in the day when we are growing up with football, you know, when you'd actually see somebody kick their five goals going full forward, you might see midfield kick a couple of goals and get your 30 touches every game. I think we just uh, had a bit of a drought and the reduced times this year has made us really appreciate the stats we did see in that game. But here's the kicker, Alex. What if I told you out of all those stats, I've, I've left something out? Lockie Neal, 36 disposals, four tackles and a goal. And Jackson McRae, 40 disposals, four tackles and a goal. Like, that's a mid midfield masterclass from then to Alex. Unbelievable. And, yeah, in these shortened quarters, it's crazy. They're, they were, you were lucky to see a 40-disposal game in our normal, in the regular... Um... Unless you were Tom Mitchell pre Yes, exactly. You, you Unless you were a dominant one like that, a dominant player like that. But to see it in these short 16-minute... Uh, quarter ga- uh, games. It's unbelievable. Well, of course, LSB's doing the Brownlow vote there. I'm doing the votes, a bit of opinion, a bit of stats, a bit of looking around here and there. Boys, can you help me out? Who's getting the three votes here, Neil or McRae? Um, I'll go first here. I think Neil, just because uh, the winning team always typically sort of gets um, the three votes. However, if McRae gets the three, don't be surprised. But if it was me, I'd be sort of slotting Neil in for those three. I think the umpires really like Neil too, so uh, definitely lock me in for Neil. Well, then you've got the next problem then, Alex. Who gets the one vote? As I said before, Bont, 30. Zach Bailey, 21, two goals. McCluggage, 22, two goals. Uh, Wallace, three goals. Hipwood, five. How do you how do you figure out who gets a vote in this game? Uh, for me, I think Hipwood gets the uh, the one vote. 
with um, those five goals. He was amazing in that game. Um, if it, if it was more, if the votes went more to to uh, spread out more, not just to the midfielders, I reckon he'd probably get the three. But I reckon um, Lockie Neal's got the three in the bag for that game. Well, boys, as I said at the top, an absolute flurry of games are coming and coming. We've almost almost enough time here, boys, enough time having a bit of a yarn. People are going to get pretty sick of us soon. But let's look slowly at the next lot of games. We start tomorrow night. This is going to be an absolute cracker. From the Gabba, St Kilda versus Geelong. Batey, is St Kilda going to show us, yes, we're here, we're premiership contenders? I want to see that. I, I want to see St Kilda win this game. For me, I'm actually still going with Geelong. I think Geelong still win. They've, um, they haven't been as consistent as we wanted Geelong to be, or at least I think what their fans want them to be, but they're still a real powerful team. There's six on the ladder. Yeah, I, I want to see St Kilda win just because it's, you know, it's a bit of a sort of fairy tale type story, um, but I think Geelong gets it done. Alex? Uh, yeah, I think Geelong get that done as two, but I expect it to be a close one. I'm tipping the Saints here. Um. You're not going to read into it much, but Geelong have managed a few of their younger rotational players who hold spots as that fourth or fifth midfielder on the half-forward flank. I just feel like St Kilda's run here and just the momentum St Kilda have is going to bring them on. Next up, we have Fremantle and my Hawks. I think we play Optus Stadium well. We've never lost there. And every game Tom Mitchell has played there, he's been an absolute superstar. Don't want to sound cocky, but I think we're easily going to account for Fremantle. What do you reckon, Beatty? Going with Hawthorne too. Um, I'm still a huge advocate for Clarko, and I think he's still got a lot of tricks, and he's still uh, a really good coach. I think Fremantle are kind of struggling as a team. I don't think they know what they want to do in a game or what their game plan is. We're seeing glimpses, but Hawthorne for me, lock him in. What do you reckon, Alex? Fremantle yeah. going to show a bit of fight? I'm going to go with the Hawks, uh, like just like you guys. Um, I think they showed last week that they've still got that fight in them, the, the Hawthorne do. Um, so, yeah, should get over the line pretty easily against Fremantle, I reckon. And the next game up is Tuesday night. It's your boys, Alex. It's Adelaide, Collingwood, Batesy. Just a quick one here. You going Collingwood, yes? I'm going Collingwood. I don't, don't see Adelaide winning this. Uh, any worries, Alex, or just going to be a, uh, probably a 20, 30-point win, you reckon? Nothing too fancy? I'm still a little nervous, but I should expect at least at least a 20-point win. But, you know... The way the season's going, the way we're playing, anything can happen. <laughs> well, St Kilda Geelong, probably the game the game of the... It's weird saying this, the game of the midweek, the game of the working week. But Wednesday night, we have an absolute cracker. Gold Coast Suns in Essendon. I'm so excited for this because I think Essendon's playing some great football at times, of course. Obviously, we're very high on the Suns. They just need to get close. Batesy, are you a bit worried about the Suns or do you think Essendon's uh, experience is just going to be too much? I'm really worried. I think Essendon's going to have a great game on their hands here. No, don't be surprised if Gold Coast comes away with the four. We've seen the best of Essendon, we've seen the worst, and we've seen what Gold Coast can do this year. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Oh, I'm going to go with Essendon just because I have to. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. What do you reckon, Alex? Do you think uh, Essendon's season... Ooh, Essendon's season, if they lose on Wednesday night, they will probably say bye to top four and top eight's going to be hard if they can't beat Melbourne later in the year. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Essendon in this one. I think they're going to want to play play big after that that uh, loss to the Giants, um, and I think they can yeah get the job done over the Suns. Well, that's the end of round twelve. We'll have a probably won't 
be on again, boys, for another week. So I'll highlight some selected games from next weekend. We've got the Swans and the Giants from Perth. Batesy, pretty easy one there. Yeah, Giants for me. They're fantastic. Alex? Yeah, I'll go with the Giants on that one as well. Obviously, it's hard to predict teams who haven't played yet before this game. But do you think Port Adelaide can cause a stir? Can they beat Geelong in the Gold Coast, Batesy? Yeah, I want to. Uh, I've seen what they did on the weekend against Richmond. I think they can get it done against Geelong too and uh, you know, prove us all wrong for what we're saying early in the year. Um, but it's going to be a great game, hopefully. Uh, is it hard to make a call on this game, Alex, because we haven't seen Geelong play yet? Yeah, I'm definitely. I am leaning towards Geelong, but it's very hard to uh, tell us seeing as they haven't played yet. But I'll go with Geelong for that game if I had to pick now. Another game I highlighted, Fremantle-Carlton. We don't know what we're going to get. Obviously, we've seen Carlton play some fantastic football for small periods during this season. I haven't seen Fremantle play yet, but who do you think is going to win this one, Batey? Yeah, tough one. I'm going to go Carlton just because I don't know what I'm going to get out of Fremantle. I think Carlton's a safer tip. And we're seeing good glimpses from Carlton this year too. They're a bit more consistent with what's going on. So, yeah, I think safe tips with Carlton. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Carlton as well. I think this is the game where they can stamp out a big win and show how, how good they can actually be. All right, final game. question for the night, boys. Uh, Batesy, which one is more likely to happen? A Melbourne win against Collingwood or an Essendon win against the Saints? Essendon uh, win against the Saints. Uh, I... I don't see Melbourne beating Collingwood. I, I think I rate Collingwood a bit too highly and they've got a bit too much going on. Too much excitement in that roster to beat them very easily. What about you, Alex? I haven't been very confident after the last few weeks, so I'd actually give Melbourne a chance in uh, taking the pies out in that one. The annual Queen's birthday clash. I hear yes. the Queen is going to come down for that. <laughs> it should be a very exciting occasion. Well, boys, it's been a long one. Thanks for all your input and your time. Batey, any final words, mate? And, uh, thanks for having us, Toffee. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thanks again, Alex. So, sorry about the thing. You absolutely done me over. Uh, with the, <laughs> <laughs> you, you done me over with the sort of broadcasting side. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully Maybe we get a couple more, more of that. Stuff. I'll do more of yeah. that. Yeah, a couple more topics like that and you'll easily get me done. Yep. As Hopefully. BT would say, as BT would say, gets molested. <laughs> any any last words, Alex? Uh, thanks to you, Toph. Thanks, uh, Batesy. I uh, hope everyone's enjoying this uh, daily footy. Uh, yeah. Forgetting what round it is. Well, yeah. England-Pakistan series is well underway. You can follow that on LSB Sports. We've got the punters paddock. We've got the new horribly named Memory Lane as well. The NFL season's coming up, so be prepared for that. But thanks for listening. Join us next week on the LSB AFL podcast.